Welcome back to another episode of Muskegon History and Beyond. Today, we're going to be presenting part two of our History of Hoffmaster podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be interviewing Ms. Elizabeth Brockwell Tillman, who happens to be the naturalist at P.J. Hoffmaster State Park. She's worked in the park since the 1980s and is uniquely positioned to share some of the challenges and some of the really interesting things that have happened in the park in recent history. So if you missed episode one, go back and go ahead and listen to it. It is the episode where I interview my dad and my uncle about their time at Norton Township Park. Without further ado, here we go. Elizabeth, thank you so much for giving us your time. So I had a question for you. What makes Hoffmaster so special in relation to other state parks um, that we're lucky enough to have in Michigan? Well, I think state parks in general, we're fortunate to have those because they provide us access to world-class resources. You have to think about if we didn't have these beautiful state parks along our Lake Michigan shoreline, would any of us ever see the dunes or the lake? Probably not. Probably not. Unless we were invited to somebody's home. Uh So we are very fortunate to have this park to give us the access to the beautiful resource that is here, which is the back dune forest. And then, of course, those large parabolic dunes that we have that face the lake. And, uh, you know, the park is known for those, but... You know, the type of habitat that we have here with the Back Dune Forest provides great diversity of plant life and wildlife here. Mm-hmm. So years ago when the Flor- Floristic Quality Index was done for this park, you know, Hoffmaster rated a 10. That's the highest in plant diversity. So, you know, it's special in, in those respects that it, it, you know, it's a home to endangered species, both floral and wildlife and mm-hmm. and then it provides you know great recreational and outdoor opportunities for the community and for the public at large that like to come, drive to visit us plant theft is a huge problem in in our public uh-huh. lands and people find out that certain plants are in a place and they're scouting them out and mm-hmm. they'll dig them up and take them home Yeah, and that's a good reminder to all of our listeners that being a good park steward is leaving things where they are and taking pictures or other things and not taking them out of the parks. Correct. (laughs) So very, very important. What do you think, because we do have a diverse habitat here, what do you think is the most interesting or coolest thing that you have seen in your time here at working at the park, whether it's scenic or anything else? Well... When we had the large, I think it was in 1998, we had the big wind shears. And, you know, it was like a domino effect in the forest that in between the two big dunes, you get these deep valleys and the trees just came down like, a, you know, a domino's setup. Just uh-huh. boom, 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 boom. They all came down and everybody was really upset. It was, you know, it caused a lot of damage in terms of trails to the park and a lot mm-hmm. of work for our park rangers. But it was actually kind of exciting for me because I wanted to see what happens when you have that kind of change in habitat. So mm-hmm. it opened up those spots to species that we normally would not see here, especially in terms of birds, because it created more of an understory effect and mm-hmm. it allowed a lot of the understory vegetation to get enough sunlight to grow up and sure. fill that in. And so you got a lot of mid-level forager mm-hmm. type birds that, you know, would came in and we, you know, we, we, had, we hadn't seen very many of those at that time. So... You know, it really did, it wasn't such a negative event in many respects. It uh-huh. was a positive event because a lot of the seed bank that was in the ground that mm-hmm. just wasn't getting the right conditions were then 
able to get the sun and those plants came up and the forest has generally restored itself. But One of the things I really enjoy about working at a museum is that we tend to have things changing all the time. So do you find that same thing happens in the park, like with the wind shears and other environmental um, impacts that things are just kind of shifting and changing as those occur? Well, dunes are disturbance-driven systems, so they're okay. supposed to change. Uh-huh. And I think what's great about the length of time I've been here is that I've been able to watch all the amazing changes that have happened in 34 years, you know. So, yeah, I mean, things are supposed to change. They're uh-huh. not supposed to stay the same. It's a very different kind of environment here. You know, dunes mm-hmm. being disturbance-driven systems, you know, they're affected by wind and water levels. And, you know, everybody gets all upset when the water level comes up because uh-huh. it washes away the beach. But that's what's supposed to happen here. We're yeah. supposed to have these sites. Right. So you have mentioned that you've been here at the park for a long time. How long have you been working in the state park system? 34 years. Oh, Wow. I came here fresh out of college, and I've been here ever since. I'm one of the fortunate few that landed in a place and have stayed there. So for some of our younger listeners who might be interested in getting involved in working in parks, do you mind sharing what your school background is? How did you get interested in working in the state park system? So I went to Michigan State University, and my degree was actually in resource management, but I also had a Bachelor of Arts in Journalism. And I really wanted to go into environmental writing, but mm-hmm. it was a recession when I graduated uh-huh. and there were no jobs. And my grandmother had worked for state government and said, you need to go downtown and start introducing yourself to people because that's how you're going to get a job. She told all of us kids that, uh-huh. all of her grandchildren that. So I did. I got to know some different people and mm-hmm. um, there were different job openings. And I just started applying. I was very fortunate to get this job. What do you think has been the most rewarding part of your career in the state parks? Uh, the most rewarding part for me is to work with the school children okay. and to give them that opportunity. Many of them come from Grand Rapids, Lansing, you know, far mm-hmm. away. And to give them the opportunity to see like Michigan in the dunes and to be on the beach and just to experience what is here because it's so different and foreign for them. And mm-hmm. so many children have never seen Lake Michigan. I have worked with groups from downtown Muskegon that had never been out to the lake before because that just wasn't something that their families did. They didn't go to the lake shore to swim because it was dangerous or they didn't go to Hoffmaster State Park because there might be wild animals out there, you know? Mm-hmm. So to, to help them understand that this is a safe place to be and you can have wonderful experiences here and it's okay, bring your families back. Mm-hmm. That's probably been the most rewarding part. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to have kids in spaces learning. What do you think are some of kind of the biggest threats or challenges at this park? For Hoffmaster, the greatest challenges, challenge is our proximity to urban centers makes us more prone to invasive species. Oh, yes. Because they're bringing them from, you know, these larger communities that um, have invasive species issues. So we were one of the first parks to have emerald ash borer. We are one (laughs) of the first places where they recognized that we had hemlock woolly adelgid, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, we were one of the first sites to have oak wilt in a major way. So... You know, we get a lot of visitors from all over, and we get out-of-state visitors, and some of these invasives hitchhike and come here that way. You know, our rangers have spent an awful lot of time on invasive species management in in the off-season. 
Do you find that um, you're getting any invasive hitchhikers from um, landscape plants, like in people's landscapes and things, um, or not really? Well, there's one in particular, and it's a grass called lime grass. Mm -hmm. And lime grass is readily available in the nursery trade. Mm -hmm. And some lakeshore communities, the homeowners mm -hmm. choose that because they like the look of, you know, houses that are neighborhoods that are along the lakeshore here. Mm -hmm. They like the look of the marum grass, the native grass, but it's not readily available to them. So then they'll look for something that's similar and they get pointed in the direction of the lime grass. Okay. The lime grass is very much an invasive plant in the dunes. However, because of the nature of that particular plant, it does best in cool, wet summers oh and doesn't do very well in hot, dry summers. So lime grass does have some limiting factors, mm -hmm. which give us the advantage to controlling it. Sure, sure. We kind of talked about the challenges here. Are there challenges to the wider state park systems, or are they just so individual-based on region? You know, our parks are so individually-based, mm -hmm. but I, I guess some of the biggest challenges probably for Michigan State Parks and, you know, I work in a state park, but, you know, every one of them is different. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm not a spokesperson for Michigan State Parks mm -hmm. as a whole. But I would say that keeping up with the infrastructure um, updates and, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you think about it. We have 100 or so state parks. Every mm -hmm. park has facilities and buildings and sidewalks and mm -hmm. break walls and it goes on and on and on right right and that all has to be maintained so it's uh -huh. a huge I mean it's a huge challenge even in the best of circumstances to be able to keep that all on a regular maintenance schedule and up to date so in the past year have you guys noticed an increase in the usage of our state park here or has it in the past year i think we saw an increase in visitation i mean mm -hmm. people had more time on their hands mm -hmm. they were looking for an outdoor outlet where it was safe to you know be out exploring and and an opportunity to learn about a new place and mm -hmm. experience the resources that were there so yes we saw more people in the past year what role do you think that the state park is going to play in the future of our community here? Uh, the same role it always has played. Mm -hmm. I think it um, it's a place for community-wide learning. It's, it's a great facility. You know, all these facilities here, the visitor center provides educational programs to the school community. Uh, we're available to garden clubs, et cetera, as a place for them to hold a meeting or to mm -hmm. learn, you know, we do presentations for them to help them learn about a particular invasive species or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But I also think that the resources here um, are important to, them, to the community for recreational opportunities. Mm -hmm. it, uh, something that often gets overlooked with the value of state parks is the impact that they play to the local economy. And natural resources in Michigan are big. They draw people from all over. And when people travel, they have to spend money. They get a hotel, they buy food, they purchase mm -hmm. gas. And those are the things that help nourish our 
Lakeshore communities in our in our small local communities. So oftentimes we overlook that part of it, but it's mm-hmm. it, it's a critical part of the overall picture. Yeah, I know at the museum, uh, we, we totally witness that because anytime that it's a rainy day, we will often have great visitation from people who are camping here at oh, the state sure. park. And they'll see the brochures or whatever because the camp hosts and hostesses do a great job of letting people know what's in the area. So we see an increase of visitation from you guys as a direct impact. So that's fantastic. Um, I know that the park adds a lot to our quality of life here in Muskegon County and the greater West Michigan area. So it's a pretty, pretty special place. How can people, we've talked a little bit about how people can be good stewards of the park here by, you know, not taking things out of the park, by being careful about any kinds of hitchhikers, invasive species that might be coming into the park. Is there anything else that we didn't talk about that visitors can do to be good stewards when they're visiting here? Well, when you're camping, please don't move firewood. We ask that people not do that. Purchase your firewood locally in the park because that's, you know, that's a certified source Mm-hmm. that it, we know that it's invasive free mm-hmm. um so people need to not move firewood around that's mm-hmm. how we got the invasive species here that we you know that, that impact our forest secondly you know staying on the trail being mindful of that we see an awful lot and this is particularly true in the past year mm-hmm. new park users don't often understand some of the ecological impacts of their visit and when you go off the trail and you start walking in a place that is not meant for walking, Mm -hmm. this is not a gravel base here. This is sand. So Mm -hmm. what do you think you're causing? Erosion. You're also dissecting some birds' habitat and ground nesting birds and other birds. I mean, there's been a lot of studies done on the impact of trails on nesting birds. Mm -hmm. And it's very clear that trails can dissect habitat and can make it unsuitable for certain bird species. And if you know, if you have a dog with you too, you have to keep that pet on a leash because you know, you think, oh, nobody's around. My dog really needs to run. I'm gonna let it off the leash. But it's a really, it's really, you're not being a good steward when you do that because you know, you love your dog to death and your dog's probably fine. is isn't gonna hurt anybody, but it could, or more importantly, it's, chasing away wildlife. Right. The fox isn't going to be there anymore. You might be disturbing some nesting birds because your dog's not going to walk on the trail with you. It's going to be sniffing along the edge Mm -hmm. and running hither and yon. And this is what happens, you know. Right. Especially on the shoreline, you can affect the shoreline birds that are there Mm -hmm. or migratory species species that are moving through the area can be Mm -hmm. spooked by loose dogs. So... Yeah, those are good good things, good reminders yeah. for people um, to stay to stay where they're supposed to stay. Right. <laughs> now, if people are interested in getting involved in the park, are there ways that they can get involved? Yeah, sure. Um, since 1976, the park has been fortunate to have the Gillette Nature Association, which is our our friends group here at Hoffmaster. And the friends put on several events every year. Then they, they always need volunteer help. They mm-hmm. do the turkey trail run mm-hmm. in November, and they need extra people to help pull that run off to make it safe for the runners. Mm-hmm. So you can always contact our coordinator, Danielle Rao. Find us on Facebook, Gillette Nature Association at Hoffmaster State Park, or send some send me an email. You know. Mm-hmm reach out and say, yeah, I would really like to help with the turkey trail run. But there's other events as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you can check with the park office. They could possibly have some cleanups going on. And then we also have our stewardship work days. So okay. our parks and recreation stewardship crew um, puts on stewardship work days. And those are always on our DNR calendar, which you can find on michigan.gov and um, slash DNR. And you can look for those dates and see if there's they're doing something in this park or Muskegon State Park where you'd like to help out. Awesome. So thank you so much for their time. Are there any last thoughts you would like to leave us with? Just remember that most of us could never afford property on Lake Michigan. But because we have these, and Muskegon is particularly fortunate because we have two. We have the <laughs> Muskegon State Park and Hoffmaster State Park. Mm-hmm. Not to mention all the county parks that um, grace our shorelines. We are very, very fortunate here to have these beautiful natural resources that, that belong to all of us. They belong to, you know, public lands belong to all people. And we do have a responsibility to care for them. And we should keep in mind how fortunate we are to have them. Absolutely. Well, I thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. I enjoyed hearing about the parks some more. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this little peek inside the history of Norton Township Park as well as the more recent history of Hoffmaster State Park. It is a very dynamic and changing environment and this park has been around for over 60 years if you include the Norton Township Park days. And so I hope that my kids will be able to look at the park and see the differences as they grow up and bring their kids to the park. So go ahead and get outside and visit PJ Hoffmaster State Park. I hope to see you there.